Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Friday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller here for the next couple of hours talking sports with you, and thanks for uh, giving us some of your time here this morning. Here's what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. Bottom of the hour, Chris Williams up first on Iowa State. He will join us at 1130, 1225. Uh, Tom Kaker from com, part of On3 Media. He will be here. Uh, we will talk Hawks, and then before we get out of here right before 1, uh, four of you will get a chance to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxons. Claxons, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona online. ClaxonBBQ.com. Well, a big game last night in the NBA and dot, dot, dot. And, well, let's not start there, Trent Condon, right. because there was, look, the biggest upset as far as I can tell with this Gary Barter retiring is, is the athletic department, how they did not keep this one under wraps until 5 o'clock tonight, because this is a 5 p.m. news dump, uh-huh. if there ever is one. And I'm guessing that that was probably in their back of their minds until too many people started to get wind of this. Um, I saw one person tweet, or, um, I think it was a message board last night, never heard of the person. Uh, didn't give it. A, didn't give it a second thought, quite honestly. But Eichelt was on the story apparently uh, from last night into tonight. You saw it on Kakert's board at some point yesterday. Mm-hmm. So Gary Barta is retiring after 17 years. I guess August 1st will be uh, the uh, end of his time at the University of. Your thoughts? It is something that had been long speculated about. His contract ran through next year, and a lot of people were connecting some dots. It's very rare. They kind of get that lame duck status for mm-hmm. guys that are going into retirement. Of course, we remember it here in our state with Dr. Tom Davis and what a... Mm, it wasn't handled well. No, it, it was absolutely right. not handled well and not the way that you should do things. And the same thing here. This is a huge, huge... We're talking about an athletic department that's bringing in over $100 million mm-hmm. a year. That is what the future looks like here. This is a huge job and you need to get out in front of it. Now, a lot of people believe that There's already an in-house candidate Mm -hmm. that is going to very easily just transition in and take over. We'll talk about that and speculate that a little bit more. But this is a tenure that is definitely, you can go both sides. You look at the success. There's good and bad. Yep, for sure. 17 years of some really good successes Mm -hmm. at the University of Iowa. He's done some really good things. You talk to donors. You talk to big donors. Yep. They wrote checks. And they have nothing but glowing things to say. He was an A- as it pertains to mm-hmm. the fundraising arm. That is something that he was much better than Bob Bowlesby was. He was much better than Bump Elliott was. Fundraising, he was at the, he's in the top 10 percentile of ADs when it comes to bringing money in and getting to those people that write the checks mm-hmm. and then getting them to write the checks. And then there's the other side. And some of those checks had yeah. to be used to <laughs> right. pay for uh-huh. some his mistakes. incredibly yep. short-sighted, yep mistakes that he made so Mm -hmm. it is a two sides debate you definitely can have that overall what he's going to be remembered for are the lawsuits right or wrong yeah no i think so i think you're right a huge part of the legacy when gary barta's name's going to be brought up it's not going to be 
the North End Zone project or even mm-hmm. the South End Zone project in mm-hmm. It's not going to be those kind of things. It's not going to be the about face the face of the college football playoff committee for, what, two years? Yes. He, he was that, that was the face. Digging Iowa basketball out of the doldrums. Uh-huh. Where After he hired Todd Licklider. He did, but very quickly corrected yeah, He his made mistake. a mistake. Yep, that's fair. That's a good point, Trent. And a lot of people would have given him another yep. year. He, didn't, yep. he knew that this was cratering. Yep. Iowa basketball at the time was looked at incredibly poorly mm-hmm. nationally. I would love to go back and be a fly on that wall. Um, was it was he the one that was adamant that he had to make that change, or was he pushed some some of those donors you were talking about writing those big checks, uh, maybe influencing his decision to um, cut bait with Licklider normal earlier than normally you would right. think? Yeah, I, I'm sure it's kind of a both sides thing, mm-hmm. but you look ultimately at the it's him. Yeah, you look at the way that the basketball program was perceived, and he very quickly mm-hmm. moved it out of it. He helped Lisa Bluter elevate the program. Yep, you know until. Just five years ago, they hadn't made a Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. She was there a long time mm-hmm. and put everything in. Now, Caitlin Clark helped that, but they made a Sweet 16 even before her. National championships in wrestling, they yep. delivered that. Yep. He went out and got Tom Brands for yep. Virginia Tech, brought him in and got Iowa wrestling back. Now, Kelsey Anderson's kind of throwing the whole game to a different kind of game <laughs> right. during that time period, but at least got them back, won national championships, and would have had another. And then Iowa football, the sustainability that they mm-hmm. have built. So there are good things, but his legacy is not going to be about No, it's the lawsuits, Trent. You're 100% right. And you talk to somebody that's just a casual sports fan or a casual Hawkeye fan uh-huh. that isn't reading message boards and Twitter and social media and just like the Hawks in the root for him. Oh, Gary Barta. Oh, yeah. And not guy, necessarily read the sports section. The guy that has cost the athletic department a lot yeah. of money. That's going to be the yes. Gary Barta. Yes. Uh, interesting. So um, when there is an announcement made, um, what kind of changes will she or he make? We don't know who's going to get the gig yet. I think the first thing that you have to look at, and we've continued to hear this going back to the football season, is the reluctance that Gary Barta had of connecting with the NIL, mm-hmm. with the changing mm-hmm. environment of college athletics. Now, we know that he is a very conservative guy, not in terms of his politics, mm-hmm. just as an athletic director. He is old school. He is a guy that, well, they came up with the motto, right? Win, graduate, do it right. Yeah. And do it right is a huge component. Many Hawkeye fans, I think, would argue that it's too big of a component mm-hmm. of doing it right. They just want the win part. Who gives a crap about the graduate and the do it right? Just win. They wanted a one-word slogan. That's not what it is. That's not who he is. And doing it right with this murky waters that we're dealing with right now, with collectives, with NIL, he didn't want to get into those murky waters. And what we found out, what, a week ago, that there's never been a phone conversation Mm -hmm. between Brad Heinrichs, who runs the Iowa Swarm Collective, and Gary Barta, I think tells you a ton. Reading a lot from Brad Heinrichs, hearing him in different interviews, you could tell the frustration. He's got a good thing going. They have done a really, really good job. But he wants more. Well, he wants the list, right? The, the... Well, that's a part of it, but that's just one of many parts. Uh-huh. You want the athletic department to work hand-in-hand with collectives. That's what you want. Well, this in this day and age, you have to. And Gary Barta uh-huh. has not been willing to do that. Can I, can I wave my magic wand? What I think is lacking at the, at the University of Iowa? What's that? The student section at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. <laughs> it's... Been a problem since. The okay, 90s. change it. Now's the time. You got new. You got new ownership. Those people that buy those seats, they're old. Well, they got to show up. Well, absolutely, I agree with you. But I think that there's a better chance if they're more part. If they feel like you have a bigger part in the game, Carver Hawkeye should be 
much more raucous place. For and men's I, basketball. It's great for women's it, wrestling. I, I get it. it. It's great for wrestling. Uh, the area behind the basket, mm-hmm. I don't know what can be done, but you can move the student section. Well, that's one that I've never understood. So when they went through their latest renovation. Because you, you can't build a new one, right? I mean, we, we talked about that this mm-hmm. past season. Um, Downtown this, Arena. Right, yeah, right. Those kind of things. Right. Um, and we th- and the consensus was, well, no, I think you're kind of stuck with, with Carver. Okay. It's if, tough to get to. It's not like Hilton. I went to school to Iowa. Mm-hmm. It was, I don't know, six miles from my give dorm the, to get there. Give the students a reason to inconvenience themselves and get to that building. They've done it in the past. They filled up their section mm-hmm. in the past. That It has been there, but there's also this disconnect between men's basketball and the student section, and it's happened for a very long time. And this is dating back 20 years now mm. where you've seen that kind of disconnect. And the structure of Carver it's not where you can just pack everybody in. Right. Because of the way that the yeah. aisles are set up, that's just not the way the environment is. I think something could be done after the renovation. There is huge swaths of area behind both baskets. Can't you put in temporary seating there? Just instead of seating, put in risers. Yeah. You know, do something like that. Something can be done better than what it is because you're sitting there. I had season tickets when I was there. You're sitting there and you're in a row with four other people. It's just it's not the environment High school environments are better. It's just mm-hmm. the structure <laughs> yeah. of the building yep. does not lend itself to have a student section that you can think of. How does uh, Beth, is it get, gets, goats, get, um, apparently when she was hired, I don't know if there was a wink and a nod uh, that she was at some point going to uh, have a really good opportunity to replace Gary Barda, mm-hmm. but that seems to be the consensus out there. That's the only name I've seen attached to this job. Uh, have you seen any others? Well, Gene Taylor would be another one. Yeah, he was come his, back, right? He was right-hand man. Yeah. But Gene Taylor's 65. He's in a good spot, too. Well, and he's 65. Yeah. I mean, is he willing to make one more jump? And, and Getz is in her late 40s, I think I saw. Is mid to late is? 40s, okay. I think so, yep. So that would be one that you definitely, at least there has to be a phone call. Mm-hmm. Did a great job. Nothing but glowing things to say about her, about him. Uh, Getz, same thing. I talked to a couple of people with some connections there both on the athletic side of things, inside the building, and then somebody on the donor side. And they both mentioned two completely different avenues, how impressed they've been by her. Yeah. So she left an AD position at Ball right, State to right, be a number two. Right. You got to think that there was a the, little wink and a nudge. It had to be a promise, yeah. At minimum, right. you're going to be at the forefront mm-hmm. of the conversation. Mm-hmm. But you still have to do your due diligence. And I think a huge part of this is she's only been in the job since September, but what well, look, does, yeah, let me look at the, the pickle USC's got themselves in. They did no due diligence. Right. And, and now they, and they fired them. money. It is. Absolutely is. By, what's his the, name? Bourne Bond. Yeah. Um, he's Mike out after Bourne, what yeah. he did at uh, Cincinnati, for crying out loud. And the, uh, the <laughs> Do a background check. <laughs> do a little homework. I, and I'm sure that I will. will. And I'm not saying that she's got any skeletons in her closet or, or Gene Taylor has any skeletons right. in his closet. I'm just saying, uh, do your due diligence. But a pretty big story. Again, I think the biggest surprise of it all was that this thing got leaked at 9 o'clock this morning as opposed to 5 o'clock this afternoon because that's how these things normally come out. Uh, but anyways, here we are. I thought that we would reconvene today and talk about that Hawkeye baseball from yesterday. <laughs> Trent, I was, I, I don't know about the edge of my seat. might be a little over the top, but I was into it. Good. I good. was into of that game i really was um and it was a fun game right the, uh to, to both starters both have um 
um, obviously really good futures, you would think, but mm-hmm. this Sonard, my God, he's tough as nails. Brody Brecht, if he can ever harness that control, good gosh, they, he's, he could be something, couldn't he? He couldn't get the slider going early in the game. He could just tell the command was off, and I've told you, dating back to high school, I mean, seeing him the first time his sophomore year, and it was the same guy. It was the same guy. When it was on, he's unhittable. Mm-hmm. We've seen that at the collegiate level. When he's on, he is unhittable. When he's off, though, he's really off. And that control goes awry. Now, I thought it was really good that he was able to battle. Yeah, me too. Because I thought they were going to have to go to the bullpen very quickly. And he was able to battle and get him into the fifth inning and get a couple of outs there. And a day where you don't have it, and that also shows you, I mean, he's such a gamer too. Mm -hmm. And, And even in those days, and there's been a couple of them this season where control's not there, he's struggling, but he still finds a way to grind it out and help out that bullpen a little bit more, and that was one of those two. Can I, can I tell you what I noticed during the game yesterday, and you'll think, you'll, you'll think I'm crazy when I, what I'm about to say? Okay. The pace of the game jumped off the screen. Slow. It's slow, right? Yes, yes. Watch Major it. League rules are working. Yes, they the are. The disengagements. Uh-huh. I couldn't believe that I had that thought. Um, as I was watching that game, I'm like, my God, this thing's dragging. <laughs> right, let's, let's go. go. Yes. Well, I, I stayed up and I watched the Nebraska. I saw you game. tweet that. I mean, my God, what time did that end? Uh, it was after eleven o'clock, and it was same thing. Just get in the box, kid. <laughs> right. Stop jumping up. Uh-huh. Let's get uh-huh. in there and get it going. I, I had the exact same That's thought. Funny. It's funny you said that, yeah. but it is. It is a different kind uh-huh. of pace, and coming soon. It's got to. Pitch clock to college baseball. Yeah, why wouldn't it? But, uh, yeah, Major League Baseball, for all the flack that they took in the offseason, oh, you're going to change the game, you're going to ruin the game, it's worked so well so long, I don't care if it's three hours and 15 minutes, blah, blah, blah. It's way better. It is way better. That win is kind of a microcosm of this Iowa baseball team. Opportunity early on. Bases loaded, nobody out. Can't punch it in. Yeah, a couple other opportunities, but they are just grinders. Yeah, this, this is this is absolutely the vision of Rick Heller. Mm-hmm. Uh, heard him on Hawk Central earlier this week here on KXNO, and he had mentioned there's been a lot of times where I was had some good teams, but it was one bopper, couple other good guys towards the top of the lineup. Mm-hmm. This lineup one through nine is deep, and they're doing it without their best offensive player. Right. But this is a deep lineup. This is a lineup that can beat you all over the place. And there certainly has not been many Big Ten teams, at minimum, that have had a 1-2-3 punch of what Iowa has with Brecht, with Morgan, with Langenberg. That is a 1-2-3 punch that gets them their best opportunity to make their way to a Super Regional. I think this team has a real... Now, look, if they have to go to Vanderbilt, that... That's going to be really, really tough. They got to go to Wake Forest. There's teams out there that are going to be tough. But if they're going out there and taking on, you know, one of the teams seated 12 through 16 and they're the two seed, they got a real shot because of that one, two, three and the depth of their lineup that they have this year. I mean, that, the bases clearing double, just got rolling and rolling. I was surprised the left fielder, shouldn't he put his arms up as that ball kind of tucked underneath? Yeah, I'm with you. Now, it ultimately didn't matter. No, but but I'm with you. I thought the, I'm like, what are you doing grabbing Mm -hmm, that ball, kid? mm -hmm. Keep that runner at third. Whoever scored from first base got a little giddy up to his, (laughs) jeez, he was moving. And then Peterson homers uh, to take any drama, if there was going to be any, uh, parked one over the uh, left field wall into the bullpen. So So he's from Ballard. Oh, is he? And never called any of his games. But I asked somebody when I saw he was going to Iowa. I think it was maybe his junior. Maybe it was one of the two years. 
But I asked somebody here in Central Iowa, baseball coach, I'm like, hey, how good is he? Like, dude, he's a stud. Is that right? Yeah, he's like, yeah, he'd, he'd be the best player in the CIML. And you know how good the yeah, CIML is. Right, every year. Because he went to, through like the Sticks program, and he went to those places where they're measuring everything and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And but he like, wanted to stay game. and play with his with his kids he yep. grew up with. Good for him. I Didn't, like him even not more. Not going to transfer to Aiken or like Johnson or something more. like that. Yep. I'm going to finish out my yep. career at Ballard. But they said, no, this is not just some kid playing 3A baseball. No, this is the real wow. deal. And you're seeing that. He to, into the wind. Just I know. Well, early nasty. early on, the, I don't know if it was Kugler or it was Pose, um, the, the color guy, uh, you're really going to have to hit one to put, get one out of here uh, today. He really hit one. Kugler, a little punchy late in the game yeah, uh, last night in the Nebraska Oh, the last, like oh he, yeah. They, they, see, I think he's... They were ready to get to the bar, I think. Was he? <laughs> he's kind of that way. I, I can, he is, yeah. uh, he's, he's, I like him. He's very good, very talented. He's got a lot of depth. He just uh, he can call a lot of sports. Anyways, let's... Uh, I was into it. I'm looking forward to Saturday morning when they play again. Mm-hmm. Um Good stuff. All right. Uh, basketball from last night. Told you. You did. You had this. <laughs> you had this in. Yeah. I just... Well, the biggest thing, you asked me yesterday, and you said, without Vincent, you know, how much does that change the equation? No. I said not much. It was huge. Mm-hmm. It was a lot bigger than I anticipated. Yeah, Lowry starting. Yes. Yeah. He looked. Old. Yeah, he looked like he was 64. He's old. He looked. Yeah. Like an old he man. was old at the end of the Raptors when they won the championship. Jimmy Butler or looked it. Only ten shots. Yeah, um, him and Bam combining for thirty. Meanwhile, the stars on Boston came out last. That this game was over right off the bat. It I was. Mean, they never gave him a chance. Well, and I mentioned this after Game Four. Is did they unlock something mm-hmm. just with the volume of three point shooting, doing a lot of the dribble handoff and the high screen stuff, and leading into three pointers. They took a ton in game four. Yeah. Didn't hit it a ridiculous clip. They had 40%. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously very good. And and the same thing here. They take 39 three-pointers, hit 41. It's not a ridiculous. It was mostly white that hit him because there was yeah. a couple of guys who really struggled. That was an area that I just said, and, you know, end of the third quarter, Miami's making a little run. And what's Joe do? He is T.O. Yeah. Something that yeah. Celtics fans have been clamoring right. for. Right. Finally using a timeout when the team's making a run. Something that all season long I've heard Celtic fans complaining about that. This thing's real. Yeah. And And Boston is favored on the road in game six. So I give it to you right here. Series price. Who do you want? You want Miami? No. You want Boston? I want Boston. You want Boston. I mean, I hope Miami wins. I don't think Miami will win. If I had to bet my own money, I would take Boston. Right now at Circa to win the series. The Heat minus one fifty five. The Celtics plus one thirty five. I've seen it at plus one twenty, so I certainly like the plus one thirty five. Please, thank you very much. Uh, at Circa, Circa, by the way, has got a bunch of college uh, football props up. They got an interesting one. Uh, they put up teams to go unbeaten. Okay. Uh, and there's a bunch, a yes no price on a bunch of teams to get through this thing unscathed in the regular season. Interesting, including. How many from the uh, How many from the Big Ten? One, three. They put numbers up on three. All of oh, I got, I got you. Okay, okay. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Yep, yep. What can you get Michigan at to go undefeated? Yeah, plus five fifty, five and a half to one. Hmm. Outside of Penn State. Have you looked at the Michigan schedule? I'm not. I, I know that the uh, the month of September is a cakewalk. It's. I mean, they're they're getting they're getting ridiculed for their schedule. All right, here it is. 
East Carolina. Yeah. UNLV, Bowling Green. Mm-hmm. That's their non-conference. Mm-hmm. Start out Big Ten play at home against Rutgers. Eesh. They go to Memorial Stadium to take on the Huskers. Back-to-back with Minnesota. Uh. Home for Indiana. At Sparty, who I don't think is going to be good. By week, Purdue. They're going to be 9 0. Yeah. Then they go to Penn State. Tough. At Maryland. Eh. Before Ohio State. Uh, five and a half to one. It seems like a pretty good spot. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, it's, it's, it's a lot of years going to come down to the, the rivalry. Well, and if it comes down to we're in November, we get to that Penn State game at plus five and a half. Uh huh. Good You're going to be able to hedge out of that yep. on the money line with Penn State. Absolutely. And make yourself a profit. Uh huh. I, I love them in the spot against Ohio State. I yeah that price. So what's Ohio State? Uh three seventy five. And Penn State uh, ten to one. Fourteen. Fourteen to one. Fourteen to one. I like this Penn State team. I do too, but I don't like them like I like Michigan. Drew Aller is going to be good. I think he is. And I'm with the you. rest of that team. Yep. This is as stacked of a Penn yep. State roster one through. This 22. is Franklin's best chance. I yes. agree. And you get Michigan coming in. Got to uh-huh. go to Ohio State, obviously, but. New quarterback. But 14 to 1. Hmm. Kind of juicy. Here's the other one. They didn't put Georgia up. Uh, Alabama <laughs> 6 to 1. Clemson 6 to 1. I don't think. I don't. Like, I, I like Klubnik. Um, mm-hmm. Texas 14 to 1. Only team from the Big 12 listed. And USC, my national championship pick. They're 8 to 1 uh, to go unbeaten in the Pac 12. You, so you brought up USC a couple times. I got to bring up their schedule here. I, I got to see what the Trojans have because I'm I, not saying they're going unbeaten. Well, it starts off well. San Jose State, Nevada, Stanford. There you home. go. Bye week. Back to back roadies at Arizona State and Colorado. Uh huh. 5 and 0. Home for Arizona. 6 and 0. They go to Notre Dame. Uh, okay, but I think, okay, six, uh, that's the, what's the first, that's the first tricky spot. Right after that, Utah. They go tricky, to LA. Tough. At Cal. Cal's going to be better. They get Washington at home. I love I like Washington. That. Yeah, but I like the fact that it's at home. They got to go to Austin. Okay. And then the rivalry game against UCLA. No This way. is not an easy They're schedule. They're not free. Yeah, that's not an easy schedule, Trent. You threw away your money already. Just get into the Pac-12 championship game. Okay, we got Georgia in. We got Michigan in. We've got... If they got three losses, they're done. They're done. They got two, they might be done. They might be. Might be. Hmm. (laughs) Wish we would have done this earlier in the week. 8.30 got you. 8.30 got me. It always does. All right, Chris Williams is going to join us uh, coming up next. You know what the the funny thing about... Not funny. That's not the right word. Um, I'm not sure ironic is the right word. You know what the odd thing about this whole gambling deal with Iowa State being involved? What's that? It seemingly is worse for wrestling. (laughs) And nobody's talking about it. I mean, the wrestling program just loves the fact that, you know what, let King Football take all the flack. Well, and Dresser has... Is building that pro. It's been a long rebuild, mm-hmm. but he has them in contention. Those young guys, I was so impressed with them last year. They're maybe on the cusp of making that breakthrough, and now they have this hanging over it. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. All right, eleven twenty-five. Chris Williams coming up next. He likes to dabble and. Bet it on a few games. We'll see if uh, he's seen those odds at Circa. By the way, if you want to join us at Circa, we'd love to have you. you know, the details of the uh, Miller and Condon next 
junket out to Las Vegas uh, is on our Miller and Condon Twitter page. 30% off your room. There is a weekend involved this time, August 8th through the 13th. Do I have the dates right? 8th through 13th. Correct. Um, just go to the Miller and Condon Twitter page, 30% off. Of course, you can sign up for the Circa Millions or Circa Survivor while you are there, or just go out there and experience Circa. You'll be glad that you did, and you'll get 30% off your room. And the earlier the book, the, uh, the better rate you're going to get, as uh, it's like airplane tickets. The longer you wait, the more expensive that that seat on the plane gets or that room in the hotel gets. We'll take a time out. Chris Williams will join us next. To kick off the 12 o'clock hour, we are going to, prior to getting Tom Kakert on here, uh, this is at least how we see it, the first real checkpoint in mm-hmm. Major League Baseball. About a third of the way through the season. About a third of the way, yep, somewhere in there. So we will uh, embarrass ourselves uh, by uh, taking a look back as to how we saw the season back in March when we went on record. I love doing these things and just how bad some of them are. We can get, get we, every now and then we get the, you know, the proverbial blind squirrel, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, more often than not, it's laughable. And I'm guessing we're going to have a few chuckles at 12.05. You're looking. Uh. <laughs> it's 11.25. Miller and Condon will be joined by Chris Williams. Tom Cakert on Iowa coming up at 12.25. Claxons before we get out of here at 1. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. E55. A canvas-covered cabin in a crowded labor camp. John Denver, gone too soon. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXN. Way off on this one. It's 11.30. Merle Haggard. Ah, the great Merle Haggard. It reminds me of my grandpa. (laughs) Does it? Mm -hmm. I love those. I hear Dean Martin reminds me of my dad. Uh, Those memories. Hello, Chris Williams. How are you? There's a generation of... People out there, Trent, you're probably one of them, mm-hmm. where when you say John Denver, you think of a movie and not the actual artist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I don't spend much time thinking about him, to be honest. Didn't he, did I die in a plane crash? Yeah, yes. I thought so. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. uh, Chris, good to talk to you. Um, I, I see your partner, two guys named Chris and I were everywhere, already uh, going on record. Uh, saying that uh, Iowa State will never win another Cyhawk now that Gary Bart is hanging it up. Uh, I know he's just trying to twist the knife a little bit, but uh, I, you know, as a, from a Cyclone perspective, your thoughts on Barta walking away? I mean, I don't. I won't go as far as say Iowa State will never win another Cyhawk, but I don't disagree with his sentiment. I'm, I've actually thought this for this sounds crazy, but almost like ten years. I mean, if you just think about it us three, how long we've been doing this in this state. Think of the amount of hours we've talked about this yeah. just extra crap that's mm-hmm. just a giant distraction, administrative BS, lawsuits, you know, just awful public relations. Think about that. It's just, I mean, I feel like it filled half of my show when I worked at KX. <laughs> and if you could be a little more competent in that sense, think about how much better you could be on the field and i don't know it certainly is a end of an era i mean iowa is just such an interesting and really iowa state too i mean our coaches stay for a really long time we have really long tenured folks here and this just feels like the end of an era when you're going into this new big 10 where you're pulling in you know whatever the money is going to be 60 million 
360, you know, everything's kind of different now with this NBC thing happening. But, yeah, I mean, it, it sucks for Kirk Ferentz, too, is one of my initial thoughts because it's just, you know, there's probably some stuff with the, the nepotism that's happened and that, you know, I mean, Ferentz has been the most successful coach in the history of the University of Iowa. Like, nobody's going to ever argue that. But there's been a lot of this side stuff that, you know, we've always gotten a sense where – that Kirk was kind of the one in charge and mm-hmm. um, right. Like it's yep. just, it feels like everything's going to change a lot. I have no idea where they go from here, but it, um, it is going to be fascinating to watch it play out. But I, I think Iowa gets stronger after today. I really do. I don't want to kick a guy when he's down, but you know, he's going to be retiring at 59, like super rich. So I don't feel that sorry for him. <laughs> really. He'll be all right. The whole family yeah. will be all right. And yeah. maybe we're looking at the final year of Kirk Ferentz. Perhaps this is a swan song. As he it goes feels out. like it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's just the whole Brian Ferentz stupid contract thing, and just here's my thing: like my last year on the Eric Kicks, you know, Iowa won ten games, and everybody was just pissed all the time. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not fun. For, I, I just can't imagine that those guys are sitting around the football office, kicking their feet up, enjoying this these days. It just feels like a really important day. And we'll find out if that comes to be true, but that's what it feels like to me. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, with a lot of people asking about his, how will you remember him? Let's do this one when it comes to Jamie Pollard. And we're not that going down this path yet. No one's suggesting that he's getting close to retirement. Um, but when it comes to, it's just what what strikes me, Chris, is as you, you just mentioned, the blowback at the athletic department. I, you you got to look far and wide to find anyone who's really critical of Jamie Pollard. I mean, Cyclone fans that are critical of their athletic director. I, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, and I, I think the biggest reason for that is prior to Pollard getting there. Oh, well, you're it, right. You know, it was so bad, and then it was just excuses about why you couldn't be what you mm-hmm. want to be, and and Jamie was the first guy who went in there and was like, you know, you guys can be better than this, right? And, you know, he put that billboard up. He picked a fight. Of, <laughs> he did. He did. Yeah. He brought it right to, to the big dog out east. Yep. And he kind of just set the tone with this whole aura. I think he, you know, he, Dan was obviously critical, and there's a lot of really important people over the years. But I, I think Jamie's the most influential person in the history of Iowa State athletics. And I think that his... I this this sounds crazy. I think this side town thing that's going in there could be his lasting legacy too mm-hmm. because of revenue. And listen, Iowa State's not going to be getting Big Ten money ever. Right. And I remember I talked to Jamie. It was when the pandemic was going on, and I asked him, "I go, what does this do to the side town thing?" And he told me that he was going to Green Bay to look at the Packers' title town area because it's more important now than ever hmm. that they diversify their revenue. And I was like, my God, that's the most brilliant thing I've ever heard. Because here, here's my simple mind thinking, oh, you need to stop now. we got to save <laughs> right. all the money you can. Yeah. And he's thinking, no, we need to find a way to create more revenue in the future. Not long after that, Oklahoma and Texas League, you're looking at what conference you're going to be in again. Uh, so Pollard... Really, to me, is has he had some missteps? Absolutely. You don't stay somewhere that long without ruffling feathers along the way. All of his coaching hires have not been perfect. But, man, um, you, you just 
Ken, you, you, you have a better sense of it than me. Ames, Iowa, 25 years mm. ago compared to walking around there now. I mean, it's a, it's a vastly different place. It, it is, and you you hit the nail on the head, Chris. When because uh, Pollard's was well, why not us? Why why can't we do this? And then, as we said, he went out and he picked a fight with the University of Iowa and and uh, Iowa State fans who kind of like had a little Canadian in them walked around with their heads down, honestly, yeah. and didn't want to ruffle any feathers. And that's what we do as as a nation. Um, you, it, Pollard made it okay for you to do that and to uh, to uh, show your love for your institution and be damned of what other people say. Sorry, w- go ahead. With that, he he kind of gaslit them a little bit too in a way that they needed to be like. That you're right about the the pride thing. I mean, Pollard at the beginning of his tenure would tell people like, "Wear your Iowa State shirt out to the mall," that type of stuff. Like, where you just you you didn't you didn't do it in the past. You weren't proud of it, and then it they they kind of almost in a way. And I don't like throwing around these cliches, but they bought into the little brother thing, and it pissed them off. You know, <laughs> fired them up. They got. My, you know, my wife's a veterinarian. She, she always says the most. And a fine dogs. veterinarian at that, speaking <laughs> firsthand. She's Jets veterinarian. <laughs> but the the most dangerous dogs that come into the clinic are the little ones. Yeah. They're the ones that bite. And that Pollard kind of like, I, I I don't know. I feel like he lit that fire into Iowa State fans, and you know, it's it's a little obnoxious on Twitter and running a fan mm-hmm. site sometimes. But it's also what his I believe really push that athletic apartment to the place that it's at now. So you're a believer in the Pollard and Light District. Do you think I, I just yeah. have I it's difficult yeah. for me to envision outside of obviously football, basketball games, things like that. There's still two hundred and seventy five days that you gotta fill up all those restaurants and hotels in a town of sixty five thousand. Well, yeah, so I think that you're probably I think you're you you're thinking of it wrong, Trent. The you know the first things that are gonna be going in there are not uh, Howl at the Moon, the piano bar. So they're putting like medical clinics in there. They'll mm. probably be like a Walgreens. Okay. They're going to make it a place where people are at every day. Mm-hmm. And then they'll put in a couple of restaurants around and then it'll really come to life on those weekends. But yeah, what do you think of the Pollard and Light District? Yeah, you think of Kansas City, you think right. of all these places. And you're right. If that's exactly what it was going to be, I wouldn't be a believer in it either. But you talk to the people around Ames. It's brilliant what they're doing. There's going to be probably an eye doctor there. Yeah. There's going to be a pharmacy. There's going to be a medical clinic. There's going to be office space. There's going to be a hotel. Mm-hmm. There's going to be convention space for they want to bring more you know, conventions and stuff that they've lost to Des Moines back to the university town. So this is much, much more than just a place to get drunk and watch some sports. You know what I was told, Chris, and um, and you know very well because your offices were in Prairie Trail for a long time. I was told that this is not a mirror image, but when you think about uh, think about what they're building in Ames, think of Prairie Trail. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, like Prairie Trail does now, they have concerts. Yep. You know, and they, they've hotels. got... Hotels. Um, they have hotels. It's not. It's not just all bars. Right. There's nice little restaurants. There's the place right next to Toast that they make cookies. <laughs> right, like there's there's all kinds of stuff. And from what I understand, like that, th- this isn't just an entertainment district. This right. is like a life district, and that's the because I was with you, Trent. I didn't get it. Yeah. Because I'm like these college kids aren't gonna you know, and it's not for them. It's more and really downtown Ames. It, it's it's cute. It's a lot of people like it, but it never. I'm never here 30 minutes away, being like, you know what? I'd like to go up to downtown and walk around tonight. <laughs> right, right. 
something like this, I think I probably would. Ames doesn't have that. They really have nothing like that. You've got a bunch of chain restaurants. You got a bunch of stuff. I think that I think people will buy into it, just like the you know the swarm beer. Even if Iowa fans don't like it, they you know maybe it's their fourth favorite beer. They'll probably still drink it. I think Iowa State fans will go to this place because they know what it's supporting. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely does. Hey, Chris, what are you hearing uh, on the gambling uh, scandal? I guess we can call it that. The gambling issue uh, is it coming to a head, Chris? You hearing that? Uh, as far as coming to a head, will goes, we? Like, or, yeah, will we know? Ne- but, will we know next man, week? I I hope. Yeah. I, I was told that they had hope. They were told by the end of May. Yeah. So that would be next, next week. week yeah. But, that that's what I was told, but then I was also told that they didn't didn't have any faith that that would actually happen. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. And again, like everything I learned, <clears throat> they know the athletes, but they they have no idea. You know this player how deep what they're he into bet it. on yeah yeah how much he bet. Um, I did hear that like a lot of the that if they took free bets from these promotions that counts. I didn't know that. Mm. So that's something to to think about. I heard that that counted, just like placing real money. So, you know, what we like, we will never know any of that stuff. But I, I thought that that was interesting, just because you know we kind of swim in that pond every day. I didn't know if that would count because that was one of the specific questions I asked. Like, if this kid got a promo, are you going to penalize him the same? And I was told that that absolutely does count. So, yeah, I I just hope so because there's there's just you know, we're at the point now where names are getting tossed around. Yep, and like, yep. and it's also like, move on, find out who it is, get the process going, and let's talk about, you know, football again. That's kind of where I'm at with this whole thing. You know, uh, one other part, I've continued to get this question, I'm sure you have as well, with the sheer volume of athletes. Is there, I, I've seen speculation that it's not going to be the Virginia Tech kid from a year ago, where he got nine games initially reduced to six, that because of the volume here, we're maybe looking at, unless it's something completely egregious here, we're looking at a game, two game, maybe three game suspensions for football, You know, kind of similar for the other sports. Have you heard anything similar? I hope you're right. I mean, one person did tell me that they, they echoed that, and they said because of they think that the NCAA is not, completely incompetent and they know that this is going on everywhere mm-hmm. and then they they know that if they if they take all 15 athletes at iowa state and all 41 at iowa and they suspend them all for a year and then another state comes in like they can't just suspend everybody for a year you know you can't just strip everybody right because these are growing this is a growing industry you know mm-hmm. and the players are getting paid now they have more money in their pockets this thing is evolved so yeah i i hope i hope you're right and I, I also think that, you know, from some of the stuff I'm hearing, it's not – these are not bad young people. They made a mistake. They made a stupid mistake. They need to pay for it. They know that they're not supposed to bet. But I also – like the human in me, it's just like I'd hate to see a young man, like, lose a scholarship or completely lose his future because of making one really dumb decision when he's 20 years old, right? Like, they're – I just hope that the human aspect takes over a little bit with the NCAA. Yeah, I think there's. I don't think there's going to be a one size fits all. I think yep. they're going to see there's you know a couple of guys maybe pay more of a steep price because they're deeper into it, uh, potentially down to a slap in the wrist. But we shall see. Chris, what are you doing this weekend? What do you got planned? 
I am heading down to the Lake of the Ozarks. Nice. I'll be down there all all weekend. My mom and dad have a place down there. So, yeah, we try and do this every Memorial Day. And, of course, you know, I'm literally getting ready to pull out today in the Gary Barton is break. <laughs> yeah. Did you give the, turtles the, give the Turtles the weekend off? No practice? <laughs> yeah, Turtles got the weekend off. We actually have like a week and a half off, and then tournament time starts. So, uh, got to keep them sharp. Yeah, we're getting we're getting focused. We're getting focused. We're um, I think we've won like three or four of those. So the, the the girls are the girls are feeling good right now. Finally getting those bats rolling. Good stuff, Chris. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Chris Williams. Thanks, boys. Yep, take, take care. care. Good to talk to Chris Williams, Iowa everywhere and a Cyclone fanatic. As we catch up with our old buddy. Turtles are not. They have not Coming set off a loss. date. Well, they haven't set up a date with the Valley Tigers either. We're waiting. We're waiting in the seven The challenge, years. the gauntlet it's, has been thrown It's there. Down. I haven't got the contract. Yeah. Still waiting. Ella Condon with her first hit to the outfield grass last wow. night. Wow. Yeah. She got a hold of one. A pop out of the number 13. <laughs> That's her number. Yep. What was behind that? Uh, that was the uh, one that one she left? was given. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Showed up and that was hers. Yeah. That's good. I uh, love it. Uh, Miller and Condon. Well, wrap up our number one, our number two. Trent and I will embarrass ourselves even further. Oh. Uh, this is ugly. If you're looking at yeah. it, we uh, we're gonna um, go back and well, it's first checkpoint in baseball. We'll t- we'll see how we're doing so far as uh, baseball passes the oh third of the way through mark, if you will, and then we'll talk to Tom Kakert. Uh, lots to talk about, a lot of ground to cover with Tom. He'll be here at about twelve twenty-five, and then four of you will get a chance to win barbecue from Claxons, Miller and Condon. It's a Friday on Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three. Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Well, what a difference four or five days can make uh, in when it comes to Michael Block, who was as good of a story in the world of sports as we were going to find had it ended on Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. But it didn't. There were more chapters to be written in this one. I mean, from the highest of highs, no, he didn't win the tournament, but he was the story of the tournament, the PGA last week. It wasn't Brooks Kepka winning. Uh, it was Michael Block and what he did in qualifying for next year's PGA. Nobody knew of him. He's a club pro and dot, dot, dot. And he gets the exemption to play in the uh, the Charles Schwab in Fort Worth. It's in the Dallas area, I think, right? Is that where they play the tournament? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's last. I mean, he's absolutely last. 120 players in the tournament, and he is number 120. Uh, and he's fading even further behind that. Uh, whoever sits at 119, um, what what's behind it? Do you think it's just he reality a, setting yeah, in? He had a great tournament. Yeah, this is not his reality. Mm-hmm. He played really well. He played really well. There's a reason. His he's 15 a club minutes pro. of fame is boof and go. And now, I mean, he's getting exemptions, getting all these infights, all these other tournaments. They want him. Take Are they going to rescind him? Yeah, no. Still a name, right? I guess. Still a story. I mean, I would think that people this week um, might have bought tickets or accepted free tickets to go out and see this guy mm-hmm. and to follow his round. But, man, he's 120th out of 120. DFL for Michael Ooh. Block, and this is reality setting in. Yeah. There's a difference between a club pro mm-hmm. and a real professional That's golfer. That's for sure. And this is a guy also in his late 40s? Uh, early 40s, I think. Okay. Or mid to about your age. Um, 
And then then he comes out and he's interviewed one point. He said, look, the only difference between me and Rory McIlroy is he drives the ball further or something like that along those lines. I'm thinking, good God. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, Tap it's the brakes. Right. You're a great story. Uh-huh. Um, it should have. I was kind of over it. I was too. Yeah. And this is the way it's going. I mean, he was offered, what was it, thirty or $50,000 for the seven iron. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy's not going to want to offer him a nickel for that club now. Should have taken it. Should have taken the money. You can get another seven iron. Really, for that much money now? Good God, anyways. And you bet on him. You bet against him, did yeah, you Yeah, I bet that he missed the cut. And yeah. 90% of the bettors at one shop betting he will make the cut. Idiots. Idiots. These are people that probably don't normally bet golf. Get caught up in it. It's like the folks that still want to, you know, going to bet Tiger Woods. He hasn't played all year, but <laughs> right. gosh yep. darn it, yep. I'm in Vegas and Tiger's on the board and he's 60 or 70 to one and I got to have a ticket on Tiger. Uh, Sportsbooks made a lot of money this week on uh, on that proposition. Will he or won't he uh, make the cut? No doubt about that. Good story last week. Phenomenal story last week. One of the best stories of the 2023 first quarter of the year, if you will. Um, and you know what? Maybe he's got another run in him. We'll see him next year at the PGA, uh, if not before. Uh, let's take Mike real quick. Uh, well, we got time. We've got five minutes before we run out of hour. Hello, Mike. Uh, well, thanks for chiming in. What's on your mind? Hey, you're talking about Michael Block. Uh, Zach Johnson's 115th place. Uh, so Zach Johnson is a pro. buck 15. Yeah, he is. Zach's struggling. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I just want to let you know he's a pro. He is a pro. Zach is. Yeah. Michael's not. So. No, Zach Johnson's got the hardware, that's for sure, um, that yeah. Michael Block will never have. I, look, I'm not killing yeah. Michael Block. I'm just saying the story for just from one extreme mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday to where we're at today. Mike, thanks for listening. Well, I, pre- I think, go ahead. I think it makes a better story. That do you? Last place. Yeah. It just shows you how tough it is. Yeah. Yeah, so it shows that, hey, one anybody could be a one-hit wonder, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, good so, stuff. Mike, Mike, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Yeah, Zach Johnson, the Ryder Cup captain. He has struggled the last couple of years. He's really, uh, this year, taking a look, he has missed, let's see, four cuts. Mm. It'll be a fifth year today. How much money has he made on the tour so far this year? Uh, I mean, he's fine. Right, yeah. Let's see. He has made 19000 at the Houston Open, fifteen at the Sony, twenty six at the American Express, uh, high water marks, Phoenix Open, he finished in 32nd, got 109000 for that. 12th at the Honda, 186000 42 97 47 33 So, uh, obviously, very comfortable living still. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and he's got plenty in the bank. Yeah. And when he switched the clubs, he mm-hmm. got a good check for that one. Mm-hmm. He is doing just fine. What do you think his career earnings are? Oh, gosh. And on, not, not and talking on, about endorsements, just uh, on the tour. Oh, it's well, I mean, it's way north of... Um, Three, four million? Oh, it's north of that. Let's see here. Let's go to Sport Track and we're going to bring up Zach Johnson. Career earnings of $47.69 million. No, come on. He's made $50 million? $48 million? PGA earnings alone. You've got to be kidding me. That's, Holy crap, was I ever wrong? That's what, yeah. Uh, and now uh, this year, uh, also put in there, yeah, 483 Another probably $15, $20 million in endorsements, maybe mm-hmm. even north of that. Hmm. It's a good gig if you can get it. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Guy that wasn't even the number one golfer at Drake. Drake, right. 
Yeah, we, I remember we had the number one golfer, Drake, on his old team. Oh, really? I don't remember his name, but we had him on when Zach Mania uh-huh. was starting to sweep the state. And, um, yeah, a pretty good. And a great guy. Yeah, I, I, I seem to recall that, that that was the kind of the consensus when he was talking about uh, his former teammate uh, on the tour. All I've right. seen him at an Iowa Road game or two. Yeah, right. And he, and he certainly he, uh, reaches out to have, if uh, football is having success or mm-hmm. basketball. No, he's a fan. He's he's clearly uh, clearly a fan. Michael Block, Zach can can Block run down Zach. Running out of holes here. Yeah, I think they are because they're both on their back nine. They are. Yeah, Zach's probably safe. He's he's seven clear of him. Is he that far? Oh yeah, he's yeah. Block set now fourteen over for the tournament. So he gave back another one. He did. Uh, he's uh, went birdie on his back nine, double, and then a bogey. Uh, interesting take from Mike. I, I guess now that you guys now that he mentioned it, it shows I you how difficult it is. Yeah, it's one thing to have a four day stretch, yep. and he clearly did. This the week to week grind. Mm-hmm. It is completely different. Mm-hmm. All right, hour number two. We will um, talk a little baseball to kick it off, and then we'll get to Tom Kakert from Hawkeye. Forty seven million dollars good for him. <laughs> uh, then we'll get to Tom Kakert Claxons barbecue giveaway. That's coming up. Uh, we'll give four of you an opportunity to win that. Hour two, our final hour before we head into our long weekend. It's next. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.